Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Shade Chats. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am Christabel. I am the founder of Shade Chat. Shade is a French name which means free and strong. No, I'm actually not French, I'm African, uh, but the name is French. Um, we wanted to create a platform for freedom of conversation, a platform of no judgment, and a platform that allows us as women to strengthen each other by being honest and transparent with our stories. Um, for today's podcast, I am joined by an incredible woman called Sharon. Sharon, thank you so much for joining me today. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello there. Thank you for having me. I'm Sharon Manatza. I'm a mom, uh, founder of Melkaya Foundation, which supports women who've experienced stillbirth or miscarriage or even neonatal um, loss as well. Uh, and yeah, I do music as well. I'm a gospel artist um, from Zimbabwe. Migrated to the UK when I was a very young girl, um, over 15 years ago, and here we are. Here we are, like the fellow mama. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) on the podcast. Um, Thank you so much, Sharon. I think one of the um, the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast is because today we're discussing a topic that's very sensitive, um, a topic that's not spoken so much about, which is coping with Mm. stillbirth and miscarriage. Um, you mentioned right. in your introduction that you have a foundation that you created. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that foundation and what led you to creating that specific one? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, like I said, we support women who've um, experienced uh, the unfortunate loss of a, of a child mm-hmm. that's either miscarriage, um, a stillbirth or neonatal death, something that happens after the child is born. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, um, almost two years ago, we went through that challenge, myself and my husband. Mm-hmm. This was our first pregnancy um, through it all. Um, it was quite challenging in that I had quite bad morning sickness, hyperemesis. Um, and as the pregnancy progressed, we thought everything is going well. You're excited mm. um, being parents. And unfortunately, on the 28th week gestation, mm. we unfortunately had an unexpected loss of the baby. Um, from From what we experienced, we just thought, this is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to highlight how common it mm-hmm. is, however, not talked about in our community, mm-hmm. um, in the black minority mm-hmm. and then, and, and all, obviously all the different ethnics, I think it's one of those topics that's difficult to explore mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just felt in that time I was alone mm-hmm. and, um, that's when we found out there's support networks out there to support women who've undergone mm-hmm. it. But most people that approach those services are white Caucasian women, yeah. unfortunately, and which have majority are working class. Yeah. So um, this was a big experience and half for me, which inspired me to say, hang on, there are women suffering out there and I want to be the voice mm-hmm. for the silence. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think one of yeah. the things that you said is that it, it's so difficult for people to have conversations, especially within the black community. Why do you That's think right. that, that conversations about that are so difficult to have? What were your experiences with that? To be frank, I think usually, um, depending where you come from, culture is 
a greater influence mm-hmm. of the uh, of the of this issue mm-hmm. to be talked about. I mean, I came across people telling me that if you cry, you're gonna wish yourself bad luck. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to give birth anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you have to sort of accept and not cry and move on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, okay, you can have another one. <laughs> I wish you could just go in a shop and pick up another mm-hmm. one, but it's not like mm-hmm. that. It's a process that you have to go through again, and there's gonna be anxiety related to mm-hmm. it. You know. Mm-hmm. So in it all, it was a big challenge for us because my family initially were not comfortable talking about the subject. Mm. Uh, I remember the first time when I met a bereavement midwife, mm. she was like, hey, you need to talk about this. You, you, you need to embrace what's just happened. Mm. Um, and that time I was waiting to give birth to my child. I was in hospital for um, an, a day and a half. Mm-hmm after the announcement and they uh, induced me to have um, the baby. Mm. Um, So the idea was, my first impression was, we're just gonna give birth. I don't wanna see the baby, let him go. And that's it. Yeah. And unfortunately this woman put some knowledge in my head to sort of say, you know what? If you let this opportunity go, it's never gonna come back. You're gonna live with regrets of if only I just took that step to know who this child was because I carried him. And that was difficult because my initial state was like, you know what, let's just let's just get this over and done it and, and move on. But my mum took so much courage and said, you know what, just do yeah. it. You know, you just don't know what the future holds yeah. because you don't want to live with regrets. And most people just go into that situation with that mindset of saying, you know what, this has happened, mm. get rid of it and that's it. But no, it's a memory that's there. It doesn't go away, mm-hmm. does it? So yeah, we saw the baby, he was peaceful. You know, you would think he's sleeping and everything like that it's painful obviously walking out of the maternity ward without the expected gift isn't it yeah yeah and that was hard because I'm meeting women coming out with balloons you know what it's like (laughs) you know leaving the maternity ward people saying congratulations Mm. and I'm just leaving there empty-handed with my bag of you know leftover clothes for my little boy Mm. but um but that experience in itself is so traumatic Mm. to the point that I think some friends walked away from me. Um, they didn't know what to yeah. say. I don't blame them. <laughs> um, they just didn't know what to say, whether sorry is acceptable. And again, saying sorry mm-hmm. is something that we want to hear for support. You yeah. know, I want to hear yeah. that. I want to hear, I want to have that affection. I want to have that consolidation mm-hmm. from you because I, I'm lost, you know, mm-hmm. I'm on my own, you know, I'm asking myself questions. Yeah. And for some, they found it difficult, which is okay. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me that you're feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> talking I'm, about I it. Think, I love that what you said just there, Sharon, like that people yeah, yeah. feel like they're able to say, yeah. you know what, I, I want to be there for you. I want to be able to have a conversation yeah. about it, but I'm uncomfortable. I don't, I don't right. really know how to approach it. I don't know what to say, because I think for me, I yeah. have a friend who went who went through it and and for me yeah. it was it was difficult I, I'm not gonna lie I didn't mm. know, I didn't know what to say mm. I thought I, I'm not quite sure what yeah. the right thing to say is and say it, you yeah. say you're sorry uh, which actually in yeah. hindsight absolutely you do say you're sorry because 28 yes. weeks 30 weeks how many you, that's yeah. a complete human being you, you absolutely bond with that um with that sound exactly yeah yeah a baby yeah. in your in your tummy you know there's there's a bond that's yes. already been established so yeah absolutely, absolutely. Be treated with the same same loss of of 
a child yes. who's been you know who's let's say birth exactly healthy and then yeah. absolutely and it's difficult and in our culture it's something so difficult i mean i've had um you know the older generation saying oh no you can't cry you can't you can't say sorry you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm thinking no sorry is okay because it's acknowledging what's happened um, because people will walk away from the situation as if it hasn't happened when it has happened you know it's a, it's, it's a tragedy in itself mm-hmm. um, when the only thing that I wasn't allowed to go to was the funeral you know my husband and his brother went and they said no if you go that's just it that's it you know you're just wishing yourself bad luck mm-hmm. I didn't know for many months where my child was laid to rest because of that mm-hmm. opinion because I was scared mm-hmm. you know yeah. I've, I've grown up in a very superstitious culture yes we're Christians mm-hmm. but there's also that element of culture that comes into play yeah, isn't absolutely. it so yeah this is where I found I felt so scared because I was like no I don't want to lose my hope of having for t- being fertile yeah. having other children but then over time I think it took me a year um, to sort of um, come to terms yeah. with it um, and I, I said you know what when my my our rainbow baby we call them mm. after the uh, loss yeah. we call them rainbow babies Levi came along yeah. I wanted to make uh, that acceptable he was only six weeks or um, six years old mm-hmm. and we took him you know and we said I want to see where he's laid yeah. to rest yeah. I want to identify with my child because I have memories mm-hmm. and he needs to know that he's got a little brother absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. and I think it's that way you almost have to stand against culture in a way um, yes. because you're saying yes. it, it's still your firstborn child because you still oh. had that baby so why is it not just because they they happen to be born um out of loss why do we treat it yes. differently you know so mm. it's that i feel like that happens a lot in the black community mm. one in four women imagine you know that's how common it's yeah. happening but it's that what's happening with that statistics yeah. you know we put them where do we place them where are these women who were who've experienced this yeah. loss you know yeah. but it's just that we don't we're we're, we're not allowed you know to talk about yeah. it freely yeah. it's like we're collectivist uh, culture mm-hmm. where we're like we keep the family and that's yeah. it uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 i think that person that's gone through it is the one that's experienced more damage yeah. you know yeah, because awesome. feel like mm. Absolutely. Men as well, unfortunately, do go through that. And I felt like my husband did so well in accepting what had happened, but obviously transpired to know that they support, they're out there for us. That's when it came to the realisation that, you know what, there is help. He was able to open up and express his emotions but again, a man is expected to be strong. Yeah. Be strong yeah. for the wife, you know. It's so sad because then it's almost as if they're then treated as if their emotions are like they don't have emotions, yeah. but they do. So it's like why, why they yeah. should also be allowed to grieve, should also be allowed to go through that process. Yeah. Why should we just say, yeah. oh, men, you have to be strong for your wife. Actually, be vulnerable, talk about it and open up 
because that's how we move past um these traumas that that we go through absolutely. Um, that's the process yeah absolutely yeah. it's a healing process it uh, you you were thinking about yeah. the support that you found Sharon what support did you find um helpful with? Well, we've got charities that um sends that's a um, stillbirth and near, near neonatal death um charity mm-hmm. it's been established for over 10 years it's called sends mm-hmm. as it sounds mm-hmm. and there's also tommy's they do research as well mm-hmm. for women who've experienced stillbirth or a miscarriage whereby they then um, ask the parents yeah. or the parents whether they want to find out what's happened mm-hmm. to, for you to experience this loss. To me, that was useful because I found out I had um, high blood pressure, okay. which is called preeclampsia yeah. in pregnancy. Very dangerous for um, the unborn baby as well as the mother carrying. Mm. So it was identified quite late. Mm. I was normal throughout, but it's just that it was just sudden mm. to the point that the placenta erupted and baby was not receiving the nutrients. Mm. And then resulted in the loss. Again, <laughs> that was opening my eyes yeah. for my for the next, Absolutely. you know, pregnancy. Absolutely. And I had amazing support in place when I found out what had happened because it, I was scared, you know, again, mm-hmm. uh, they asked me for the postmortem mm-hmm. for baby to establish what had happened. Yeah. Family, family were a bit like, oh God, yeah, you know, they're going to use your child to do certain things mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I need to yeah. know yeah. if we're going to in the future mm-hmm. we need to plan mm-hmm. and be ready to say the, the complications that may or may not happen yeah, again absolutely. so we need to be ready for absolutely. that yeah so <laughs> it was like are you sure you don't know what they're gonna have to do with your baby and i'm like they're not gonna cut him up yeah. like you know into pieces no, no, it's like they're, they're, these people they're doctors they, they do things with outlaws, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just that we don't that knowledge within our cultures yeah, yeah. or in different households is something that if you hear, if you haven't been through it, you're not going to know what happens, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. I think it's so, um, we're, yeah. So this is where the research came into play. And uh, a few weeks later, we found that they, I had preeclampsia, the, the placenta had erupted. Yeah. I, I developed a virus, you mm. know, slept chips virus. Mm-hmm. It was different things that we found yeah. out in that space of time which gave me a sense of reassurance to say oh if only we'd known this sooner i'm sure it probably would have been dealt with um quite quite well quite quite quickly you know what i mean because i can remember when i started sensing um less movement from my baby Mm -hmm. and i just took it for granted to say oh maybe the the space is running out (laughs) in my stomach you know what i mean because you're a first time mom you don't know what's to expect and what not to expect yeah. but then that's when Tommy, you know they've developed an app to sort of um count the baby counts and everything like mm-hmm. that for future pregnancy mm-hmm. i was more prepared for my second child mm-hmm. than my first yeah. right? because my midwife was not i didn't feel at that time i i, I had a good rapport with them yeah. i felt questions i felt stupid does that make yeah, sense yeah. um but you feel like am i is this meant to be feeling yeah. right like, oh, no. yeah. it's anxiety first time mom anxieties i'm like mm, yeah. i'm not sure yeah. no, absolutely. like i, I get something yeah, i get what you're saying because you feel like that when you go through pregnancy the first time you're thinking is yeah. this a specific question is this something that i should approach the gp about or is it something yeah. that i should yeah. just do it and see you do feel like that where you're like 
you feel like in hindsight i feel like no question is ever stupid because if you're feeling like something is happening or if there's something that you're anxious about you shouldn't feel like oh maybe this is stupid or maybe i'm I'm feeling like i should no you should no question is ever too stupid nothing do go even if it means you're walking into that gp 10 times a day they need to be able to say i'd rather have yeah exactly because you know it's like in your case sharon you they did up on that earlier it could have been a completely yes. different um, circumstances different, different outcome yes yeah, um, you know yeah. so we shouldn't feel like that going to take that for granted and that's what that may be more stronger and more you know and more and, and more confident for my second pregnancy yeah. because I was under the consultancy led care mm. Um, mm. where I was having uh, monthly scans mm. uh, monthly blood pressure checks mm. with the midwife mm. uh, you know they were constantly checking on me I was studying on a medication to help reduce the uh, you know preeclampsia mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, I felt more confident mm-hmm. with my care then compared mm-hmm. to my first you know first pregnancy mm-hmm. but if I hadn't gone through the research of what had happened yeah. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. known probably the same thing would have mm-hmm. happened and I thought oh god maybe god has forsaken mm-hmm. me with my Christian background mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm not meant to have kids mm-hmm. but then do you know what sometimes um, research is out there to sort of make you aware mm-hmm. of things that may or may not happen and it really helped me mm-hmm. to sort of realize you know like things complications are you know out out there yeah. but it just takes time for you to take the time to really understand what's going on with your body yeah, you know what absolutely. i mean so these are the support networks that are out yeah. there but because with my first pregnancy i didn't know about it. why yeah. would i want to look into that information yeah. you know <laughs> it's scared, isn't it because you feel like well i don't want to jinx yeah. myself so i don't i'm not going to look yes. into that kind of you're, you're yeah thinking, i want to think right. positive i want to think this is mm-hmm. yes so we then allow yeah. ourselves to actually look at the, that side of it when no it is research we hmm. should get to know um one of the yes. things i wanted to ask you sharon is you you've had Levi, your rainbow baby. Um, when yeah. you got pregnant that that second time round after you you had you'd lost your um first, first sure. son, how did you mm. feel going through that pregnancy the second time? That was the most terrifying moment of my life. Mm. Um, even when I found out I was pregnant, I was excited but scared mm. because it was about three or four months after we'd lost baby mm. when I, I got pregnant quite quickly. Yeah. So I was so terrified to the point that um, I had anxiety. Yeah. I had anxiety throughout the pregnancy. Yes, I was more confident, but the confidence I got from the anxiety led me to ask questions yeah. to anything and everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they look at my records of how many times I went <laughs> into the hospital yeah. or called the midwife. Yeah. I think I'll have a world, re- I will have, I'll have a world world record. Yeah. Oh God! But it was necessary. It was necessary. You needed yes. that. Yeah. Anytime, any place, yeah. I would pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, if I wasn't sure about anything, if if I thought the movement is reduced whether whether it's like by two counts I'm like no the movement is is not the same I need to get checked and they wouldn't push me away they knew what had happened Mm -hmm. you know it helped that on my notes it was clear that I had suffered a loss before and they were very accommodating uh, and that made it clear to them why I will be the way I was I mean now I am expecting another one this that anxiety never goes away you know but I'm more aware of my body and how we respond to stress or anything like that yeah so if i'm not 
if I'm not confident about something, if I'm worried about something, I am happy yeah. to pick up the phone yeah. and ask the question. You yeah. know, because yeah, because absolutely done that. So I think no way. That's such a good. I think that's something we can say to mothers out there who are going through their their first rainbow pregnancy after is that don't feel mm. don't feel like you can't pick up the phone and ask any questions. Don't feel like yeah. don't feel ashamed because it's actually absolutely. better to know than not to know. Mm. Um, and exactly. even if they turn around and say no everything is fine at least now you know that everything is fine you know yes, it doesn't yes. matter how many times they have to tell you that everything is fine because it is such a traumatic thing to go through the first time around oh gosh but, yeah only a person who's gone through it they'll probably have an, a better understanding of yeah. how it feels like because yeah. you know we've gone through the prep I mean it's 28 weeks to seven months yeah. you know we've gone through the prep yeah. you know I think the week before the week before um the week after we'd lost baby that I was meant to have my surprise baby shower from friends and family so you can imagine mm-hmm. how that was so difficult for everyone to think hang on a minute next week we're going to a party mm-hmm. and that party is now cancelled because of what's happened yeah. mm-hmm. so it's a difficult processing mm-hmm. uh, um for the people yeah, the, 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 the the carrier and the person obviously <laughs> the partner yeah. who was present in that moment because they've both gone through it yeah. it's not just one yeah. way yeah. they've both gone through yeah. it <laughs> it's it like a, a husband and wife thing you're both in it together um and you're both experiencing the loss the same way so it's one yeah. of those things where i feel i hope that the men that are also involved are not being ashamed to seek help or are not feeling like well i yeah. can't actually yeah. speak about it i hope that they they are able to go and approach counseling should they absolutely need to be, yeah. and men don't talk no. yeah men no. don't talk like we, we, we've got all the words <laughs> Yes, men don't talk, you know. Both of us, but actually, it is important for them to speak as well, even if it's literally just one sentence to say, This is how I feel about it. Yeah, and one time I remembered when he found it, so I think it was the second anniversary when we lost baby, and I thought, Oh, I'm just not gonna bring it up, Mm -hmm. you know. I just I knew the day the day had come. I just remember that day, I just cried to myself in the middle of the night, wiped myself dry, and just sort of got on with the day as if nothing else going on mm-hmm. but I realized later that night that my husband was not okay mm-hmm. he went to bed so soon and I asked him and he said well you didn't even acknowledge you know mm-hmm. our baby Melkaya and I'm thinking actually to be frank in my heart I actually did mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure whether, whether to come to you mm-hmm. to talk about it exactly and he's like why would you think that and I said to be frank I don't know where you are mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with, with your healing process yeah. because I'm still dealing with it you know every year is a difficult time mm-hmm. to sort of go yeah. oh, I, I look at my little boy Levi and I'm thinking oh my god he could have been doing this you know they could have been you know all those stuff and I'm thinking it's a memory in itself that you think this would have been happening but it hasn't happened you know unfortunately and I don't know how you feel about talking about it because I just you don't want to feel like one of those wives that just staying in the past but it's not in the past you know it's just having those memories um that come you know, in, in remembrance to to the to the to, to the um traumatic event that we, we experienced, yeah. but that from then on I learned. I was like, you know what? Let's just make it a special day that we go to yeah. the cemetery, yeah. drop off some flowers, yeah. you know, go for a walk and talk about Absolutely. it. Because now I realise that you're still going through it, but I just thought maybe you're you're over mm. it. You're, you know, you've moved on. Yeah. Whereas I'm in that place where I feel you know attached yeah. to that baby yeah. and 
gonna be there for years. <laughs> like you say, the memories will always, it's like any other memory, do you know what I mean? It doesn't, you don't just wake up and it's gone. Memories will be there through life with you and what I love yes. what you guys have done is that you, you've you set it's set a time apart every year to kind of celebrate and to talk about it yes. because I think that's one of the biggest I think if I, I'm taking anything out of this Sharon is communication is key is being able Very. To, to talk about um, the traumatic event and, and celebrate as well and the things that we yeah. are actually we celebrate now we've got Levi this is what our child would have done so you're kind of looking yeah. at it from a positive light as well absolutely um, yes you mentioned being a christian um one mm. of the thing that i wanted to ask was there ever a part of you that blamed god for for what you went through how how did you relate to god at that, at that time uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a difficult question to ask i don't think i blame god but i felt that he shamed me if that makes sense mm. um mm. i felt that he brought shame to my family because mm. i was embarrassed mm. you know mm. when it all happened you know everyone who knew me around me knew you know they they see every stage of your pregnancy isn't it mm. how big you get mm. and everything like that mm. your cravings and everything like that i felt like oh, wow god you want to embarrass you, you this is what you've done to me because a few weeks before that we'd had a photo shoot for my brother's um registry wedding mm. and uh, my i was pregnant at the same time with my sister-in-law okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pregnant with twins mm-hmm. and we were always celebrating every you know yeah, <laughs> milestone yeah. together yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden my milestone is sort of taken away and she was due literally three weeks mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. you know so that made it so difficult because when the babies the twins were born they were born obviously prematurely because uh, she, she's got a history of preeclampsia as mm-hmm. well so it was a planned c-section mm-hmm. I I found it hard to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. You know, she 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 was scared to tell me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that babies are now here. Yeah. I it took my my brother to sort of say, "Are you okay? Can I can I at least show you pictures?" I said, "No, I'm coming out there. I don't want to be shown pictures. Yeah. I want to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to see my babies." And they were not going to allow people to come in, but they literally fought for me to come yeah. in because obviously they were tiny, mm. uh, and you know the situation with infections yeah. and, and yeah. germs. And I said, "I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming." But on my journey there, I was crying. I said, "This could have been yeah. me. You know, yeah. um, why?" Why, why did you not allow this, you know, to happen to me? Mm. I'd rather have had a premature baby, mm. you know. Mm. <laughs> I had all these things going on in my head. Mm. But as soon as I, you know, put my face on my, on those beautiful babies, mm. I just cried with joy because mm. they just looked so perfect, mm. you know, uh, and and happy, you know. Mm. And and that sort of helped me in the you know healing process. Mm. I think I stayed with them for a few a few weeks mm. because I just wanted to have that feeling yeah. of having a baby. Yeah. You know, mm. at that time I was actually lactating, which made it so difficult. Yes, yes, yes. And they wouldn't give me anything to stop the lactation because they said, "Oh, you you risk um, being um, depressed. You're already depressed, mm. and that will risk you being suicidal, etc." So that was hard in that um, I I felt like, why, why, why did this happen to yeah, me? You know? I, I, I felt the instinct that I had that motherly in, instinct yeah. 
kicking yeah. in and I said God why did you why did you allow this to happen yeah. you know you've brought shame to me this is so embarrassing yeah. you know and it took a long time to sort of get over that that but, pro- process of being ashamed I, I I didn't feel comfortable being outdoors I didn't feel comfortable being going to church yeah. you know because in church people were silent yeah. you know yeah. they would just greet yeah. you but you could see the faces like scared yeah. you know to sort of say what do we say you yeah. know how do we greet you you know yeah. so I stayed in my little closet for a long time you know I had to leave the country for at least three months mm-hmm. I went to Zimbabwe for a break with my husband mm-hmm. um, because when that happens you're entitled to some leave yeah. as well so I just took the maternity leave that I was entitled to and I took a break and I said you know I can't be mm-hmm. here you know yeah. everyone knows what's happened mm-hmm. when there's at home only a handful knew my mother-in-law knew about the, the, the loss yeah. she was here when it all happened yeah. but it's not like it's something that she got home and talked about it but when people People saw me at home they didn't know what was going on they just thought oh you're here for three yeah. months oh that's yeah, nice yeah. enjoy yeah. you know like I think it, it, it's such a shame that I'm um, out of that you felt as if God had shamed you but I feel like the reason yeah. why why sometimes as believers we feel like we've been shamed is because of the perceptions of others it's not necessarily yes. because God has shame. No. it is literally yeah. because you're thinking everyone is looking at me and they're thinking oh my yeah. and they're talking and they're whispering you're correct you know? and you know they're probably talking and they're probably not being um malicious yeah. it's just that an awkward conversation to say ah, it's happened to them how do they feel yeah. and I'd rather you ask me that to say how are you how are you getting on you know um because obviously you just looking at me or avoiding a conversation yeah. That's just making it worse for me because I feel like, ugh, am I really that disgusting? You know, why are people not talking to me? Exactly. Yeah, no. I think that was one of the reasons I felt to do this podcast because I felt like it's 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 something as you say one in four women go through it but it's not the conversation is not out there it is made to seem like as you say it's brushed under the carpet a lot of the time Mm. and like we don't talk about it you know um or you you you'll bring bad luck to the next pregnancy or you'll like they stop in terms of the culture that then allows women to not communicate and and speak this through and I think yeah. what I, I would say um, from this podcast to anyone listening, if you are someone who has a friend, don't be afraid to have a conversation. Don't don't be silent. Don't treat them like a stranger. No. You know, they're still the same yeah. friend that you had before. Just say, you know what? I don't I don't really know what to say. What what would mm. you need to say? Or ask just simple questions. How are you? How are you coping with it? Yeah. Um, because I think mm. the more we try and make it so complicated, the worse it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, one thing I learned from the bereavement um, midwife, she said, um, people need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I think we, we live in a world where comfort is our friend. We end anything that takes us outside of our comfort zone. We don't want to do it you know or we, we we avoid it or we run away from it so i think it's absolutely the right we shouldn't be afraid to have those uncomfortable conversations you know be able to to speak through it and speak about it um so you you were speaking about milk Care foundation that you started in honor of your baby boy can you tell us where people can find information about that foundation um, okay, I think we've lost Sharon. I will just try and get her back so she can give us all the information we need um, in regards to her foundation that she started. Um, to support. Can you hear oh, me? I can hear you. You're back. 
I was literally just yeah. telling our listeners that I've lost you. There you are. Um, I'm saying, can you just give our listeners um, information on where to find um, Melkaya Foundation um, and how sure. to, to get in contact with you or the foundation if they needed any help? Absolutely. At the moment, we're in the process of um, having a website designed um, for the for, for, for the Melkaya Foundation. Melkaya means um, God is with us. It's a biblical name. And um, you can find us. I've got a Sharon Manatsa page, um, Sharon Manatsa official on, on Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram as well, which is Sharon Manatsa uh, at Sharon Manatsa underscore Sharon. Manatsa, yeah, or on Twitter as well. I'm also there, which is at Manatsa underscore Sharon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a number to contact me on face on the Facebook Facebook page. You can inbox me. Um, I've I've already got women that support at the moment, mm-hmm. but feel free, feel free to sort of inbox me if you feel you want to have a chat or learn more, or even partner with us mm-hmm. in this project because it's still in the baby stages, and we're willing for it to grow mm-hmm. um, worldwide to be frank mm-hmm. um we were meant to have an actual face-to-face um launch for it on the 28th of march but that's when the country went on lockdown mm-hmm. um so we postponed our plans for hopefully um uh, beginning of early january march next year Ho- hopefully we haven't set a date yet but we hope that at that time the coronavirus yeah. would have been swept away mm-hmm. for us to have this event again mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah thank you so much Sharon for for coming and joining our podcast and being so open and sharing your experiences in the hope of encouraging other women that are going through the same um same process because as we've said it's such a sensitive topic and I'm just so thankful to have someone that is able to come and share their experiences and and who has started a foundation in order to help other people and I think Mm. that's one of the things where I always say the things we go through in life sometimes shape where we go in future and had you not experienced that you wouldn't have thought of a need for a foundation like that but because you went no. through it, that foundation was built out of it and it's going to go on to help so many other women in the future you're so right in that because when the current um, uh, uh, with the Sands and Tommy's they've uh, literally I'm working in partnership with them as mm-hmm. well um, to build recognition within the BAME, um, uh, BAME community mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. We, we, we're really limited mm-hmm. um, in what we, on, in what support we can we can actually get but it's just that we limit ourselves because of our cultural beliefs and our family networks Mm -hmm. and it's just allowing any person out there whether male or female to sort of say hey I've been through this you know what can I do it's probably there's not much that we could do to resolve it but maybe just talking about it begins your healing process you know Uh, (laughs) so yeah it's changing the cultural stigmas just by a conversation at a time you know I feel yes, it's changing that indeed. stigma a conversation at a time and for me that's a big change um because if Absolutely. we can do this for the generations after us hopefully they then um grow up in a in a world where they feel they can speak about these things without feeling shamed yes. or without feeling shame yeah. um so that's very important 
great thank, thank you so thank much you. for having me and <laughs> um, to our listeners thank you so much for tuning in and um, for more conversation on any topics as sharon has said uh, please do follow her on all her social media platforms um or you can follow me as well at i am dot christabel and um, you can send messages to either one of us through our uh, web page or our instagram pages and we hope you enjoyed this podcast and we hope it's been helpful and we look forward to having you tune in again next week Thank you.